Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky, doing our first Origin podcast of the season. I've Chris with me today. Chris, how are you, mate? Very excited for this podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me on. No worries. And, you know, some people say it's never too early to talk about Origin right after the series or start of the season. People already starting to throw their, their teams out. But look, we are four, four weeks away from Selection Sunday and about five and a half weeks until the first game in Melbourne on the night. So just wanted to really drop a podcast here. We're eight rounds into the season. A very nice sample size for some players' form. We've seen some injuries, some suspensions. So wanted to, you know, go two-part two part podcast here. New South Wales first, Queensland second. And, you know, start really seeing what we think this team's going to be, some predicted teams. Um, who's in the team? Who's going to miss out? Who's, um, you know, players on the bubble? So we'll go, we'll go through a position by position, but I guess... Overall, before we start, um, when you've been doing this and kind of looking through the teams, is there anything that's catching your eye before you start? Like, who do you think has the talent, uh, more talent on the sides, or do you think there's going to be a thing that you're looking out for this year? Uh, for me, I think that's going to be a lot more excitement with the New South Wales team, particularly in the the back line, that, that centres, there's just a wealth of selection. Uh, we're pretty blessed with our forwards um just really excited to really go through all these sort of plays with you Matt just see what we we you know pick out yeah I should we should mention that we're two New South Wales boys here so we put an extra bit of time into this New South Wales team to make sure we've selected the right 17 that you know will carry us to the title but we'll go straight into it so fullback probably the one that we're going to have the least amount of um discussion on because I think it's pretty set so who you who do you have in the number one jersey uh, number one jersey, do we really need to say it? We got Tedesco there. Um, how can you go past Australian fullback? Pretty much carried us, I believe it was, to that game three of 2019. That mm-hmm. last try, I will always remember that. An amazing game. Um, I'm just expecting him just to, to do the same in this game, to be honest. Yeah, and obviously fullback, there's so much talented fullbacks in the league, especially for New South Wales. There's easily four guys that may be in this team. Uh, in other positions, but I think you just can't go past Tedesco. He's the the form player in the NRL, in the world, has been for a couple of years now. What he what he brings defensively and and in attack, you know, has got the concussion injury at the moment. Hopefully, just you know, a short turnaround until the next game he does return. Uh, but I don't think there's any way other way you can go. He the way he starts the sets, you know, he always around the ball. And like you said, that Origin game three just sticks in my memory that of course he was there. Of course, he was the one to cross over for that try and get us over the line. Like, he's just one of those guys, when there's a half break, he's the one that's there always. And, you know, like fullback is just one of those things. Like, so many, you have to have endurance, you have to have smarts, you have to have all these different things. He's got in abundance. So, I think you're absolutely right there. You can't go past him. You know, there's other options, but he's the man. Definitely. Slapping any time, try score a multi on him. That's it. Easy money. Easy money. So the next one, I think, is probably the only piece of the back line that we're going to have some some doubts here. So we'll go both wings at the same time. So I'll let you go first. Who do you have in the number two and the number five jersey? All right. So in number five jersey, we've got to keep um, out of car there. Got the speed. He's already locked down to position. I don't see any way that 
someone's going to be taking it off of him. He may not be living up to the same sort of, I guess, hype as he did last year with Melbourne, particularly when they were heading towards that, um, you know, premiership, but he's still such a great player on that wing. Now on the other wing, originally I did have Daniel Tupo there, you know, for that height, for that sort of, you know, you know, that reach the ball would kick over, but just seeing the way that New South Wales generally attacked, I just didn't see enough bombs going that direction. So I didn't really see that need to have Tupo there. Um, the other person I'll definitely look at, I'm pretty sure you've considered this, Matt, is Brian Toto. There's been a lot of talk about him making that debut. Um, you know, you saw how many meters he makes on average per per game. We're going to need that getting out of our own hearts, particularly against, you know, a forwards pack of, you know, the Maroons. Um the only consideration, again, you know, we're trading, you know, height for a bit of muscle. Uh, if he's up against, for example, Xavier Coates, you know, we could be in a bit of trouble if they decide to bomb in that direction. So, Okay, so you, you have gone for To'o over Tupo? That's correct. I honestly believe To'o has done immensely um, this season to to take it away from Tupo. All right. Look, I've got Adokai with you, and I'm the same. I had Tupo in the side. I've still got him in the side for now. As, as There's no doubt that Toto is the informed winger of the competition. Uh, there, there's no doubt in that. You know, he's running for more metres than anyone. He's breaking tackles like an absolute machine. He'll get the, the sets off to the good start. He's a great finisher, as he's shown with the Panthers. I just... Tupo, there's all that thing about, you know, playing in form and, you know, picking the best team. Tupo, with all the injuries and concerns that the Roosters have had, I think has still had a great under-the-radar ra- under season. You've obviously got him in super coach, so you've obviously had a keen eye, eye on him as well. Um, it's just one of the things I wish there was three spots because, you know, absolutely all three of those guys deserve to play. In a pinch, I think Freddie will play To'o uh, right now for team selected today. Uh, but I, I just want to see that battle go out a little bit more. I think Adokar is locked in, but, yeah, definitely between To'o and Tupo there's going to be a bit of a challenge there. He's just so deceptively strong. You look at him, it's like, yeah, you know, it takes two people to take him down and then he'll be carrying two of them on his back. Then you're going to have to bring in a third person and then a fourth person just to take out his ankles. He's just, he's just so strong. It's just unbelievable sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we'll get to the halves in a little while, but there might be some partnerships and combinations there already built in with Toto that will make it even easier for him to mesh into this new South Wales side. I think whichever way they go on the wings, there's not going to be a bad option. I think it's a clear top three of who's in contention for those wing spots. Um, so it'll just be, you know, hopefully all three stay healthy, stay out of suspension trouble, and we can just, you know, really see who's going to be the the two that stand out and get that spot there. Let's move into the centers. Who do you have as the three and the four? Three and the four. I have changed this more times than you think, Matt, but... I think I finally settled on the two. Okay. Um, okay. We'll go originally. We obviously had Lomax there, but with mm-hmm. the news breaking out that he is out with, you know, potentially four to eight weeks, you know, with a broken thumb. Um, with the limited amount of time coming up to stay of origin, I don't think Freddie is going to be picking him there, despite, you know, the amazing form that he's in. Um, that could also be detrimental. Let's say, you know, knock on wood, that clearly is, you know, out, we do lose that kicker of Lomax. Um, thinking through my side, Cleary is the only sort of, you know, decent, you know, goal shooter at the moment. So that could be a consideration. But let, let's go with one of the centers first. You know me, man. I, I got to put Turbo there. You, you can't have a New South Wales origin team without a fit Tommy Turbo. 
it's been what three weeks and you see how manly has literally gone from a bottom eight side to you know pushing that that top eight like you can't at first i was like you know what Let, let's just keep him healthy let's keep those hammies you know safe let's keep them intact for a little while just see how he goes with it but yeah nah nah we're, we're putting him straight in there you know what go go for gold um and on the other side i'm gonna partner him with latrell mitchell he's he's on suspension at the moment but i believe that he has done enough despite it being in the number one role he sort of buried the hatchet i believe with freddie i think i read a news article on that so i think there was a bit of drama last time he was in but i think he's sort of you know done you know enough to sort of earn that sort of spot back before he did have that you know question mark over his efforts but i think he's done exceptionally well for 2021 for the rabbits what about you Yep, you've got the exact same center combination. Uh, Lomax was definitely a contender, I thought, before the season. Stephen Crichton would also try and break his way into there. He was in the squad last year. Hasn't really kicked on. He's play- been playing at fullback a little bit to cover for Dylan Edwards. Um, but, yeah, I-, I said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Johnny, you know, don't pick him for origin. You know, like you said, keep him healthy. Let him get some game. But he's a freak. When he's on the field, he's an absolute freak, and he'll win you a game. And what he's done with his Manly side, who were literally down in the dumps, had no attack about them. They've come in. They've got two wins. They've even pushed Manly, probably the closest anyone's pushed Manly this season besides Melbourne. Um, he scored a try every game. Just looks looks fit. You know, does hasn't looked like he's had to like really put the foot down uh, all season. He's just been, you know, working his way in. Des has been giving him rest, you know, in those two blowout games. Just looks looks great and has played Origin in the centres before, done it very well. You know, tremendous pick there. The fact that he's been able to come back in uh, gives Freddie just another option to really strengthen this side. And the other centre, Latrell, like you said, he he's definitely earned it. He was the form player before his suspension. What he can do with the ball in hand is, you know. Now, some people might say, look, we had two players out of position playing centre last year. I think... A little bit different for having, you know, Gutho hadn't hadn't played centre in about three years and Jack Wyden obviously moved in to the 5'8 from fullback. So you're having Latrell who played there just a, a season ago, two seasons ago, and Turbo who, you know, can regularly fill in there when required, especially in the past for New South Wales. So I think it's a for, uh, you know, a for sure centre pairing. I don't see how the team selected other than that, but barring injury or suspension. And you're right. It's just what a centre pairing to have. Mm. But talk to me about this, Matt. Let's t- let's talk about the the other potential contenders that we we had there. You know, I- I'll let you go first this time because I've got quite a few that I thought could have been thrusted into the the three and four. Yeah, like obviously, like I said, I think Crichton was my biggest one. I thought Crichton would try and kick on here and make make a bit of a bit of a goal of it. Um, and again, just probably not his fault that he's been able to. Um, has been pulled out of, out of position, but, you know, so be it. Gutho, again, has been in incredible form, was there last year, and probably even playing even better this season. So they're probably my first two. Do you have any anyone besides those two in the centres? I have one other person, Campbell Graham. He hmm. is such a great sort of finisher in the centre. Like, we have a couple of centres in, in the NRL who – just aren't known as a classic finisher. They make they make the wrong move. They they throw that dummy when they shouldn't have, or they try that you know no look pass to the wing and hope for the best. I don't see Campbell Graham making that sort of mistake. You know, nine times out of ten he'll make the correct one, and he's just got such a big body. He's so deceptively 
tall. I think if we can get him lined up, you know, in that sort of gap between the center and the, and the wing, you know, that sort of long arm reach, he can definitely make it there. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, White, uh, sorry, White and Gutha, you know, not making those, that center pairing. But I find that those sort of two players, they... They thrive when they're in positions when they get the ball a lot. Yeah. You look at how Gutho is with the Eels. He gets the ball. I, I, I'm pretty sure one time I saw he had three or four touches in one set for, for the Eels on like almost every tackle. When you throw someone like White and, and Gutho into the centers where they don't get that enough ball, I don't see them making that sort of, you know, magic out of nowhere. They, they tend to be, I guess, players to sort of watch the game as they go on and they'll pick their right moments but they'll pick quite a few of them and eventually one of them will get in. We throw it to Mitchell, we, we throw it to, you know, Crichton. I reckon one big step and then that's it, they're in. You know, they don't need that many opportunities to to produce that sort of magic that we require, so. Yeah, well said. The, the, the Gutho piece is really, you know, crucial. Like, as a para fan, Gutho's best games are when he has the, hand, the ball in his hand and he gets momentum. He always finishes the game stronger than he starts them. And you're right. He just needs to have the visit. He loves to have the ball in his hands. And sometimes in the centers, you may not touch the ball for three sets in a row. And, but then when that ball comes on the fourth set, you need to be able to go bang and hit it. You know, that's why all, all the great centers, you know, Gaznia Cooper going down through the line, the Morris boys were all like that. You know, they may only have seven runs in the game, but they're very several impactful runs that they don't need to, you know, warm up into it. Whereas Gutho gets the ball in hand, takes a hit up, you know, like you said, gets the receipts, gets the ball out to the second receiver. He's not going to be able to do that in origin, playing in the center. So I'm not saying that he can't do it because obviously he did a good job last year, but you're right. There's just other options there this year that Freddie didn't have last year that mm. is probably a better better fit for the team. Agreed. All right, let's go into the halves. So let's start with the number six. It looks like there's probably three plays in contention for this number six jersey. I'll go first on this one. I've got Jerome Luai. I've got... I've got the uh, the Panthers number six making his origin debut. Who do you have there? I had Luai as well. There's been talk about, you know, Cody Walker. I'm guessing the other third person on your list would be Whiten. Yeah. Am I guessing right, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Nah. Uh, the, the synergy between Luai and Cleary is just way too strong. I cannot see um, Freddie thinking about, you know, picking experience over form. He, he's, he's a person that came out, I remember, early on in his um, coaching career for the Blues, he picked all these informed players. And I think that's what we really enjoyed. We're not picking out of, you know, loyalty, not picking out of, you know, just being there for, you know, X amount of games. If he's going across that sort of um, concept, at what point do we debut Luai? You know, I don't see him getting, or potentially, yes, he could get better than this, but I don't see him getting any better at this point. Like this is peak, peak for him. I've ever seen in the couple of years he's been in the NRL and he just, I don't see him being able to do anything more to earn that sort of blues Jersey. It sort of reminds me of when DC and Kieran Foran were first playing as well. Mm. I don't know about you. No, it, I guess we, you can say right now, clear is obviously the number seven and it, it does play a big factor in for me with Lua being the six. You just look at his transformation in three years. When he filled in three years ago at the Panthers, he was that young stepper, didn't have much to it. Like, you know, he got the ball, came on, like, you know, as a utility in some games there, stepped around, passed the ball a bit, but didn't really, like, he never struck me as, oh, in a couple of years, that guy can mature in probably the second best half in the comp, you know, combine the five eights and the halfbacks behind. They're probably one or two right now, you know. It's just incredible what he's done 
the way he's able to just on his feet, you know, can step around, look up, put the kick in behind. His kicking, his short kicking game is tremendous, and he's probably mm. sitting next to the best kicker in the comp, Nathan Cleary. But his short kicking game is amazing. He's, you know, the way he's been able to link up a kick out on an edge, he's really formed that partnership with Toto, which is another reason why I've got, you know, I have a strong chance of having Toto in this team. It's just incredible, and the fact that they're both playing the same team, they've been playing juniors together. The continuity is already there. And like you said, Cody Walker, a great player. Jack White, a great player. But for New South Wales to have their best chance, you've got to form some combinations, you know. You think of those Queensland sides that won the nine in a row. You know, yeah, Kronk and Lockyer and Thurston didn't play together, but they played that much Origin Series together. They ended up forming something like a club partnership, you know. They knew exactly where they are going to be. If you have a To'o, a Luai and a Cleary in the same team together, and I've got another Panther coming up soon, which I think you may have as well. It's just going to be muscle memory. In, when, you know, in 65th minute of the game, down by two, 30 metres out, they're going to be able to be able to call a play straight away. You know, you're tired, you're fatigued. This is the thing that Origin's built on, partnerships and great players. And if you have both of them at the same time, it's such a leg up. So I think, you know, he won't he won't be able to not pick Luai, in my opinion. I think he's the form half of the comp, the form 5'8", sorry. And just going to do a great job next to Cleary. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's go into the front row because I think this is where we're going to have a, a bit of difference because I've got I've picked a couple of bolters um, in this side. So let's start with the front row. So who's your number eight and your number ten right now? Uh, my number eight, number ten, got to give it to Daniel Saifidi and Payne Haas. The way that Payne Haas can and stand out in, in that Broncos team, that huge four pack and just be talked about, you know, nonstop about being, you know, one of the, you know, forwards of his generation is just ridiculous. Um, he's just built for origin. He, he may not have had the best couple games towards the end, I believe uh, number three, uh, origin three last year, but you, you just can't go past his club form at this point. I'm sure after, you know, a couple of years, you know, in origin, he will be able to step up and be that, you know, that dominant forward that he is at the clubs. He just needs that little extra, you know, experience, extra time working with, again, with those combinations in that team. I want to see him get a try at least this year. I, I have a feeling. Um, and Daniel Saifidi, you know, what else is there to say? He's been great for the new um, Newcastle Knights. I had took a look at his, um, his stats beforehand, you know, such consistency. And I think that's what we're going to need in that number eight jersey. What about you, Matt? What's what's on your team? Yeah, so I've got Payne Haas. I've definitely got Payne Haas there. I had Saifidi in the team. Uh, I do have him still in the team, but I have got him on the bench. I've got Junior Polo starting. I think I'm just imagining Polo and Haas, you know, in that first 18, 20 minutes being absolute battering rams and, you know, trying to knock over this this Queensland side nice and early. I think Freddie needs to go in there with an intention to really win that first quarter of the game. And I think having Paulo and having Haas, um, because, you know, I do like Saifidi and Haas as a combination, but to me, they're a little bit of the same type of player, whereas Paulo has a little bit of an option, a bit more of an offloading game compared to those two, can also, you know, have a bit of a pass, can get it to the second man out the back if required. So that's how I would start. Just I would like a little bit of difference because I think Saifidi will be able to come on after 20 minutes and continue the role those two guys have created. But I've just got just a slight difference in, in the in the attacking style is why I've picked uh Paulo to start the game. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, 
Um, I had Paula on the bench, you know, building on that uh, that comment about, you know, them being the same person, but also about Paula with that offload. He's just got such silky hands for, for forward. And I think I put him on the bench mainly because when the game is going on towards us, you know, that 30 minutes, 35 minutes, like I said, when that fatigue sets in, when you throw Paula onto that, he's going to be bending those lines and then he's going to be throwing those offloads to whoever's going to be supporting him, hit, hit, most likely Turbo. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Paula would do a lot better on that bench um, because I feel like in the beginning, the off, they're, they're expecting those offloads. They're expecting to, to wrap up that ball a little earlier. So I think when he gets thrown on later, and then when they're a bit more tight and not looking out for those sort of moments, that's when you know New South Wales will strike really well. Yeah, I think it's a, a tremendous front three, I think. But in terms of a front row rotation, it's one of the better ones. You know, Paulo, Haas and Saifidi up front. Really like the options there. Um, you know, like I said, just three guys that will roll over the advantage line. You know, can sneak an offload. Just not going not gonna to do a bad job for you. You know, all three of the guys will show up on game day and put in 110%, which is exactly what you need out of your forwards in origin. Number nine, I think is going to be pretty simple for us. Uh, Damien Cook's the incumbent. Does he keep his spot in your team? Absolutely. Uh, I didn't think about any potential sort of backups or anything like that. He's just going to be running full 80 for sure. All right, beautiful. Same for you. And again, you know, if Cameron McInnes was healthy this year, potentially he could have, you know, made a run at this. Um, Apicorosau, injured early in the season. Hasn't really had enough time to build a case. So, you know, he's the best hooker in the game, still in my opinion. Um, but just in terms of who else is around in the New South Wales number nine ranks, you know, Reed Marnie's a Queenslander, Harry Grant a Queenslander, Brendan Smith a New Zealander. So all the other great number nines in the game are probably, you know, not going to be able to be selected for this, for this team here. So is anyone else that you had as a potential option or do you think it's pretty set where it is? Um, you know, barring injury, I didn't really consider anyone past that. Um, at worst, I reckon I would have put Apicorosau, even with the limited number of games. I think his sort of, you know, ducking and weaving sort of playing style would suit, you know, a tied and, you know, very intense game like, you know, State of Origin. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move into the back row because I think this is where I've got my bolter. This is where I've got my bolter. So I'm going to leave him. I'll give you my first second rower. I've got Angus Crichton from the Roosters. Do you have Angus in your starting team? I indeed do have Angus Crichton in my team. One of these guys here that, you know, last season was running off the hip of Kyle Flank and this year was going to run off the hip of Lachlan Lamb. Now he's running off the hip of Drew Hutchinson. Just been a, a lot of changes in the last 12 months for Angus, but he's still been able to consistently perform. You know, makes at least 12 metres every run. He's there on edge, Good, a good defender as well. I just really like Angus's game, and I think it does suit Origin. To me, he does remind me of, you know, a 2021 Steve Simpson. Just, you know, can hit a line, really good defense on an edge, and has the attacking upside, you know. You can definitely see this, like the ex-Union uh, skills when he when he runs the ball. He runs really straight and built up to – you have to take a lot to bring him down, which I love. Mm. I love that in Origin because he's going to be able to, you know, drag three, four guys into the tackle – if you can get a quick play of the ball, all of a sudden Cook's out of dummy half and we're rolling. So really love him there. Who's your other second rower? Uh, I have Tyson Frizzell. His club form switching from Dragons to Knights has been night and day. Um, he's just been reborn. I think he's just been so much fresher. He He's running those X plays so much harder. He's, he's just a person made for origin, to be honest. 
you know, I, I still can just close my eyes and remember when he chased down, was it Dan Gagai down that sideline? Yep. Yep. And I was just, I was just praying like, you know, he's going to get him. He's going to get him. And eventually he was about to get him, but you know, unfortunately Gagai did get in the end, but that was just pure effort. And I think that's what we're going to need in origin. I had, I had Tyson there. He's moved back to my bench. Oh. Um, and I, I don't think I'm going to see this guy in anyone's team. I actually don't expect him to be picked, but just mm-hmm. in terms of form and what he's done, currently doing in his current team, I'd love to see him in a team with superstars to really see the potential. I picked Mitch Barnett as the opposing second rower. Oh. I just, he he's always been that, you know, meat and potatoes lock. Him moving to the edge of this year just brought a whole different side to him. I just love his game. He's similar to Angus, runs an amazing line. In defense, you will not catch him out. And, you know, in this Newcastle team that's been so up and down, he's just been so consistent. Looks for the ball. In a pinch, he can move in, into the middle of the pack for you and do a rotation. Or you can stick him on the edge for 80 minutes and say, this is your edge. You're not moving anywhere. Just lock it down for us. And, you know, I think Tyson is probably the safer pick. Obviously, he's been there before. But if we're talking about the future, I, th- I think Mitch has got unlimited potential. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, because I remember keeping my eye on him when he was playing at lock. He just, I don't know, some people just don't suit that sort of middle rotation sort of, you know, role. And I thought, yeah, the same as you, Mitch Barnett just didn't suit that. When he did switch, we got to see, you know, who he is as a really good NRL player. Um, the way that he runs his lines, I don't see him making, you know, that many, you know, poor decisions. He, he just makes it through. And he's one of those, you know, second front rows. I'm so thankful for who don't stop in the line. Thank God. There's been so many of those incidences I keep mm. seeing where just second front rows, they just get that little, you know, tight, bit tight and they just you know, slow it down. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, obstruction by the video, video ref, we're not going to get it with him. He's just, he's just an old sort of gritty style sort of NRL player that, you know, we used to see when, you know, growing up, just so good to see, see him there. And I didn't even know he was a New South Wales, you know, Welshman to be honest. Yeah. So um, how old is he? Do you happen to know Matt? Yeah. So he was born in Tyree. Uh, so he does fall into the, so he's 27 right now. So he's right in that, you know, He's played, he's played for a couple of seasons now. He came through the Canberra ranks, moved up to the Knights. So he started in 2015. So he's only, you know, six years into his career, started at 21. So 27 right now. Mm, mm. Yeah. I, I mean, if he keeps going like this, potentially maybe down in, you know, game game two, game three, may, you know, I don't want to wish injury on anyone, but if there was an injury, you know, with the sort of luck we're having right now with the NRL, you know, we could potentially definitely see him, you know, come into, you know, maybe the interchange, you know, offering that little grunt moving forward. So, yeah. But the reason why I picked him, you know, right now he's running off Kurt Mann and he's got like a Shibasaki or a Twyla outside. I'd love to see him running off on anything clear and having a turbo outside of him, you know. I want to see Ooh. him playing with those guys because you, you see these guys, to me, it's similar to uh, a bit off topic, but when Melbourne side Remus Smith in the off season, you know, everyone's like, oh, Remus Smith. And I said, the guy scores 10 tries a season at the Bulldogs with no attack. He's going to come into this Melbourne side and be a finisher. He already knows how to be a finisher. So to me, having a guy like Mitch Barnett play in a stacked team, you're going to see him, you know, flourish. But on that, you did say before, you know, he's, you never really liked his middle game. You know, he's more of an edge player. My number 13 started as an edge player and has flourished in the middle. It's, Isaiah Yo, I've got him as a starting mm. 13 in my team. His transformation again, we're talking about guys who just have improved year on year on year. 
he was a guy who was not cracking first grade, you know, all the time, sitting on an edge, very misplaced. You know, if they had an injury, they'd stick him in the centers. He's found a home at 13. He's so smart with the ball. And his combinations with Cleary and Luai, I think, is a key thing for us winning this Origin Series. Who do you have in the 13 jersey? I had, I was actually tossing out with Isaiah Yeo, but also, you know, Jake Chaboyevich. Now, now, I don't want you to get too riled up, Matt. I know how much of a vocal person you are about, you know, Jerbo last year, about the way he played. But for me, it's more to do with Boyd Cordner not being there. I find, you know, Jerbo being a great leader, particularly, you know, um, in the manly side. And I think he can definitely carry that into, you know, the, the origin side. Um, Yo being, you know, I believe, yeah, maybe about the same age, but I like Jobo mainly for his defense. You see his crunching tackles. That's just something we're going to need, you know, in that sort of middle lock forward. And we have heaps of, you know, those, you know, X-factor great attacking players already. I think Jobo just needs to be there just to sort of hold that down that defense. You know, what are your thoughts on Jobo, mate? Look, he's on my bench um, and very easily can be starting. Uh, I, I just like the reason why I picked Yo was just because of the partnership. I really am keen on getting as many Panthers who have played together and you know have that combination in there to start the series. But again, another player who, as soon as his brother returned to club club side, you know he's punching through those holes like Jerbo does. Like he's not really walking to the line and putting that pass at the back. He's either committing really hard to the run and trying to poke, poke his ho- uh, head through the line. Or he's taking it, digging in and getting the ball out. So just in the last three, four weeks, I'm seeing Gerbo really start to come back into form. And, you know, if that's the Gerbo we're going to get moving forward, then it's a no-brainer to have him in the 13. Um, but just, again, for my team, the way I kind of want to play and have them rolling from the start, I'd have Isaiah there, bring Gerbo on maybe the 25th, 30th minute and probably keep him yeah. on for the rest of the game through that middle rotation and also to spell Isaiah when required. Mm. Yep, that sounds fair to me. All right, so I guess I, I've said three of my reserves so far. So I have got Saifidi, Frazel, and Gerbo on my bench. Uh, I'll leave my utility for now. Who are your Who are your bench ones that we've already discussed here? All right, so I had Junior Paula as discussed. Now, this one is more to do with, depending on injury status, um, we got Cam, Cam Murray there, yeah. but we also have Nathan Brown. They're both getting injured this round, so that's why I put a slash through them, just... Just trying to figure out whether they will be fit or not. There's been a cloud over Brown's injury, something to do with the hip. I don't know what the recovery is. I checked anorophysia, couldn't see anything there. So we're going to see how that pans out. Um, Murray, I believe, at the moment, is speaking about two to three weeks, but could be longer. So I'm not too sure about that. So for now, I'm going to pencil in Murray if we go off that two to three week sort of time frame. Now, the other forward for you, uh, it's going to be a bolter for me. Uh, there has been no discussion of him this year. There was a little bit of discussion of him last year. Yep. Can you take a guess who it is, Matt? I'll give you a hint. It's Panther's side as well. Yeah. Is it Moses Leota? Not quite. It's a second front row. Okay. Liam Martin? That's right. Mm. I, 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 there was a lot of talk when he was the second front row last year when Panthers would make that that push. Remember how good he was off that, you know, running off Cleary again? Yep. I can and I can see him doing it again this year. This time through the prop forward, you can see he worked he he just does the same thing. He just run he just runs at the line. He doesn't care where he runs. He just wants to build up speed and just hit it. So 
what, what can I say? You know, he, he, he flew in with that effort, you know, to knock that ball back against the Manly um, this week. What can you say? How much more can he put in other than, you know, to put in that sort of winning try? So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Liam Martin? Look, and he's playing the role right now. He's coming off the bench for the Panthers. You know, he's coming in after the first thing of the game's gone. He's playing about after the 30th minute mark, they're bringing him on. And he's doing exactly what you said. Run off that hip, get really nice line runs and try try and finish off the team when, you know, when you've got him down on the floor. So I like the pick. I like the pick, you know, that's similar to my Barnett one. But again, another, another Panthers combination. And yeah, you're right. Last year, there was a lot of talk about him this year. Obviously, coming off the bench hasn't been able to crack the starting side for this team yet, but probably more suited to the bench, in my opinion, the way he can really come in and just be impact. So I mm. like it. I like the, I like the idea there. Number fourteen. It's come what, on, man. It's what we're. It, it's a position that we're not great at. We haven't been great at for the last couple of years. I think. Would you agree with that? I think Queensland does it a lot better than us. The last couple of years, we've yeah. had four forwards on the bench. They've always got someone like, you know, we had Craig Wing back in the day. Queensland throughout theirs have had, you know, Carmichael Hunt, Ben Hunt, Milford, whoever it is. They've, they've had someone to cover. This is year we need that guy. And we're going to have the same guy. Surely we're going to have the same yeah, guy here, Chris. Surely, man. Leo it's Pappy, my boy, bro. Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah. He's just built for origin, in my opinion. The way he's going to come in onto this. And I don't know how they're going to utilize him. They're probably going to play him through the middle as a 13, as a loose end 13. But mm. can you just imagine, you know, 32 minutes into the game, you know, we're right, we're 10 minutes towards halftime. Both teams going back and forth. No really, no real errors. And all of a sudden the mullet runs on, you know, mm. second tackle, halfway line, quick play the ball. Cook scoots out, Pappenhausen bursts through the line. I can see it now. Yeah. He's a complete player. I mean, what, what's your what, what's he going to bring to this side? We've seen it so many. The thing is, we've seen Pappenhausen in open space. We've seen him run behind the rock so many times. We're going to see it in Origin. Not maybe not this game, maybe not the next game, but we will see it eventually. Where there's just going to be a, a ball behind the rock, and he's going to be in. Or as I said before, there's going to be an offload from either Nathan Brown. It's going to be an offload from either Junior Paulo. They're going to be offloading either from Haas, any of the forwards. You know, I love this team full of offloading. He's going to be there. It's that support play from not even him. We have Turbo there and we have Tedesco there. People who have that effort just to get around that rock and run through those holes. If if we can see these combinations working, if we can see this fast-flowing football, this is the team, I reckon, to take out the top. And to be honest, I think this is one of the strongest teams we've put up, you know, since um, Fred has joined. It's mainly, like you said, that utility. The last utility I can genuinely think of, what, Tara and Peachy? We, none of us are getting excited for that. No. Before that, I, I, the one before that, I'm thinking, what, Kurt Gidley? Well, I remember when he captained <laughs> New South Wales off the, the bench. bench. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... This is a young man, Pappenhausen, who has literally, we thought, oh, you know, he's not going to be thriving in a Melbourne team without Cameron Smith, has literally carried the team just as hard or even harder than Cameron Smith has done in this one year. Like, I I don't see Cameron Smith, I guess, scoring that, you know, X winning try, you know, that winning try. He has potential to do that. 
you know, he has the ability to throw out that cut-up ball as well for, for the Storms. It, this can happen as well here. It's just so much potential locked in that, that number 14 for Pappenhausen. I'm counting down the days for State of Origin just to see him, you know, in open flight. Yeah, it's it's such a great point. With 10 minutes left in the game, tied game, you could potentially have Tedesco, Turbo, Latrell, Cleary, and Pappenhausen on the field at the same time. He's got X factors all over the park. You got game breakers all over the park. And you know, Origin's always close. The both teams line up pretty well opposite each other, but it does come down to the special players. And I just think we have more special players this year. And that's coming, you know, obviously got my blue, my blue glasses on, but like I said, just listen to those names. And, you know, if you're trying to, at the end of the game, win the game and break it, it's, uh, like I said, like you said, can't wait for it because just the, you know, I'm just thinking now, like there's a scrum 40 metres out from the Queensland line and Pappenhausen's that first receiver. Mm. I can see that in my head right now. I can see similar to the grand final try, you know, get the ball out open to him. He just burns that edge defender, gone, and he's gone. So... Look, it's a stacked team, you know, like you said, it's probably the best team we can literally put on the park. There's actually not, there's a couple of injuries, but this is very close to the best 17 you're going to get from our New South Wales side. And everyone's playing in form. It's not that thing of, you know, we're picking someone because we're loyal to him and, you know, he's a bit out of form, but he'll play his way back in at origin. These are 17 guys that are just firing all cylinders at the moment. So really like our chances with this side here. And when we do the Queensland one, I'm sure, you know, we'll be singing praises for them, but this is an incredible team. Absolutely. All right, and that will do it for today, guys. Like I said, we will come back and do the Queensland side, and then maybe on the week of Selection Sunday, we might come back and just do a little revisit here just to make sure we're locked in with these sides. Have anything changed? Has our opinions changed? We're going to look into that. Uh, obviously, I think we're going to be really keen for Origin this year, so we might get a couple of things out uh, right after the game. Uh, we'll see what we can do there. So, Chris, thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Looking forward to the next podcast. No worries. And thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.